want to say I've been blessed and encouraged by being here already. <clears throat> I left this morning North Carolina and made it to Tennessee and had about a 30-minute turnaround. Had to drive down to Georgia and um, take care of some business and made it into church. Y'all done singing. I just slipped in, sat down back there. And uh, anyhow, that other young man slipped in next to me and I looked over at him. I said, don't nothing scream, use late any more than having to sit in these chairs of shame, amen? <laughs> but here we are, amen? Lord's been good to us, hasn't he? The Lord's been good. I I've come to realize this, that most of the time, uh, the problem is not necessarily the situations of life that we're going through, but it's our perspective. Because, see, we always try to look at things from a perspective of our ability to grasp understanding. Can I say this? In your Christian life, you need to learn this. And it is a learned reality. You're not going to understand everything God does in your life. And see, we're living in a day where we've allowed these foolish babblers of the day in which we live that have the money and the resources to obtain the airwaves. Amen. We've allowed their false teachings to penetrate our thinking. Amen. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I I'm fixing to uh, preach something here for just a little while that's just, in all seriousness, I've never preached it in this vein. But uh, when preacher asked me about coming, I, I began to pray. And I want to say this. <clears throat> you hear the jokes and the things, you know, an evangelist only needs seven messages and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I told a fellow the other day, I said, I, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I said, if God gives me something, then lets me preach it again. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Amen. And I'm not ashamed of that. But I want to say this. But also, I don't want to ever get so locked into a uh, comfort place that I'm not willing to be obedient to the Lord when he speaks to my heart. I want you to take your Bibles tonight and go to the book of Luke, chapter number 22. Luke, chapter number 22. <clears throat> really, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I won't be long. I'll be very brief. But I, I really, I'm telling you, as, as the service progressed and, and as testimonies have been given and, and things have been done, I thought, my, my, how only God could illustrate or, 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 or orchestrate something in the manner in which he has. Lord, help me for just a few minutes. I want to preach to you on this thought. The danger of listening, but not hearing. The danger of listening, but not hearing. Uh, any of you parents ever looked at your kids and made this statement? Did you not hear a thing I said? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of got depressed when I sat down at the piano and I saw those two guys sitting back there. It kind of discouraged me a little bit. I mean, they're not the two prettiest things you got in the hood. I mean, I mean if you're going to have guest singers, you need to put prettier fellas back there. I'm just saying that. That's hard. That was a struggle to get through that. Amen. That's why I looked at, I looked at that and said, I can't complain. I just can't complain. <laughs> But uh, as much as I love those two guys, 
I can guarantee you there's been times that their parents have probably said, are you listening to me? But how many times have you and I, as the children of God, read the Word of God, heard the Word of God preached, and we listened, but we didn't hear? The Bible said this in the book of Luke, chapter number 22, verse number 31. The Bible said this, and the Lord said. I'll be honest, I could preach an hour right there. Can I tell you something? When, when the Lord is speaking, it's worth not just listening, but it's worth hearing. There is a difference. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, that the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. The Lord will help me just for a few minutes. I want to walk through these, these four verses, and I just want to plant a few thoughts in your mind, and I want to challenge your heart like the Lord challenged my heart uh, as I was coming, uh, coming down the highway. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've got a series of messages that I preach out of this portion of Scripture in Luke. Now, I'm not going to deal with any of those things uh, other than maybe a few things from the introduction. But I, I'm, I'm really going to have to work hard not to lean that way because it's what's on my mind, and I know it. But I, I'm telling you, as, as God began to speak to my heart, I thought, God help me. Number, I want to say, God forgive me. Number one, because the preacher made the statement's true. I've not always been faithful, but He has. And and I find this that when there's error, I don't know about y'all, but it's normally never on His part. And, and you say, Brother Stacy, you know, I, I'm doing the best I can do. I'm trying to be faithful. I'm, can I say, I, I'm not questioning faithfulness. I'm not tw- uh, questioning commitment. I'm not questioning devotion. But I'm saying this, you and I have got to caution ourselves that we don't come to a place where we continue to listen but not hear. The Bible teaches us very well that Jesus came to uh, Peter under a burden for his situation. And he looks at him and he uses that, uh, what we know the Bible to, uh, to show us, I think only ten times in the scripture, uh, what we call the double call, Simon, Simon. And can I say this, when the Lord uses someone's name and he uses it in a, in a double tense, can I say something, the message he's trying to get to them is obviously very important. So you pray, and, and, and I want to say this, as, we, as I'm going to pray and as we do, I wish you'd say, Lord, help me to not just listen, but help me to hear. Father, we love you this evening. God, what a privilege it is to be in this place with these people. God, I love this church. God, uh, I do and I'm able to do what I do because of their love, their prayers, uh, their sacrifices. God, that they've equipped and helped me and enabled me to fulfill the call of God. And Lord, I pray. Um, I love the man of God and his wife and his family. God, their treasures. Uh, God, in mine and my family's lives. And God, I thank you, uh, God, that you've allowed our paths to cross. But God, tonight I pray uh, that you'd help me. 
God, not just to go through a, a mental outline or not just babble some things of comfort and ease, but God, let me relay the message that you've burdened my heart about tonight. And Father, I know this, that there is somebody uh, that's present tonight that needs to hear what I've got to say, what you've burdened my heart. And God, I pray you'd help us all, God, to hear tonight and not just listen. Help us all to hear and to receive the word of God. And then God, fulfill and to be obedient, uh, God, uh, to the words and the commands of the word of God. God, I pray over every family that's here. And God, there's needs, God, of a vast amount underneath the sound of my voice. God, the, the burdens that have been shared of families and situations. I don't even know the situations. But God, I could tell by the request, the intensity of them. So Father, we again pray and come into agreement, God, with what's been mentioned already here tonight. Holy Ghost, minister to those needs in a way that mankind would fall short. God, work and do and provide and, and God, correct and change and turn and do whatever you need to do. And God, we'll look toward heaven and glorify your name because we know this, that you do all things well. And we bless your name for that. Help us now. In Jesus' sweet name, amen and amen. You'll find the Lord Jesus Christ comes to this place. And if you'll study this entire chapter, you'll see that several pinnacle things have been done uh, in the ministry of Christ. Uh, and I'm not going to look at all those and deal with all those. But in the midst of all that he's doing, and even after this, we see he goes back and he's dealing with the disciples as, in, as a group. And, and he goes to the guard. So many things are transpiring here. But in this little season of time, what we would identify as these four verses, he sees it necessary to pull Peter aside and to speak to him personally. Can I say something? When your man of God stands in this pulpit or any man of God stands in this pulpit to preach the word of God to you, that is equivalent to the voice of God speaking to you. Why did we hesitate? The man of God with the message of God is God's way to get his word to this world. Can I say something? And, and, I, and, and Preacher was talking about it, and we all use those terminologies. You know, we, you know, we, we don't even like to use the word anymore because it's got such an, a, a stigma about it. But all that stuff that happened in 2020... As an evangelist, Brother Goosby, and I can guarantee you can agree with me on this, what I have saw that it has produced at the house of God, we look at the preaching of the word of God. People, many people look at the preaching of the word of God like a buffet down at Gold. I passed Golden Corral in here, and, and, and every, I mean, it was, the parking lot was full, and every, I mean, it was packed out. And you know why so many people love Golden Corral? Because they can pick and choose. And we have come to a place in our fundamental Bible-believing churches, and that's what I preach in, so I can't equate to anything else other than maybe in a general consensus, but we've come to the place, and ever since 2020 and all that chaos that we went to, now we take the message of God and we treat it like a buffet. Well, if I like that, and, 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 it, and, it's, and it's easy to agree with, and it's not going to require a whole lot of me. Amen, preacher, that's right. Preach on, preacher. But you let it get close to my roll and you let it begin to scuff me a little and you let it begin to put light on my personal darkness 
then we look at it like we do the turnip greens or some other uh, food that we don't like or that fish that's been laying on that buffet for about seven hours. That you can smell it when you walk in the front door. I ain't getting on that. I ain't getting on that. Every word of God. Every word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ comes to Simon and he looks at Simon and, sees, and I mean he comes out the gate one on one talking to him. He said, Simon, Simon, he said, behold, Satan had desired to have you. And he said, he just, he just doesn't want to have you. He wants to sift you like wheat. Can I say something? You know why that man of God right there comes to the pulpit and sometimes he comes to this pulpit and you look at him and you think, Lord, have mercy. What, what has upset him? Well, you know, does he not remember we're Bible Baptist Church of Rossville, Georgia? What? Well, he acts like he's mad. Can I say something? Thank God he is. Why does a man of God come and stand in a pulpit and preach and pray and invest and study? Why does he do that? Why does he do that? Because he knows it's not his personality. It's not his uh, presentation. It's not his pomp and his circumstance. No, he knows how important it is that if you don't hear the message of God, And I'm just going to tell you, we've got fundamental Bible-believing Baptists that have learned how to listen, not hear. We'll look up every now and then, hey man. But we're not hearing. The Lord Jesus Christ, in verse number 31, he reveals Satan's intentions. Now I'm just going to go ahead and say this tonight. And, and, I, and, 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 and uh, Brother Dunn prayed it a while ago, and he's right. If you think demonic activity is on a less level than it was when Christ is here, your coconut fell too far from the tree. Can I tell you something? If there was demonic and satanic activity and attack in Christ's day, it has got no better in the day in which we live. And can I say something? If there was ever anything you ought to ask God to help and raise a hedge of protection around you, your family, your church, your ministry, anything that God's entrusted you to do, you ought to pray God help you and protect you from the deception of the adversary. Oh, I would never, preacher, I would never, I would never, I would never be so, so deceived as Eve was. You know what Eve did? She listened, but she didn't hear. Satan looked at her and said, yeah, yeah God said. Can I, can I go ahead and make a statement right here? In appearance, it looks to me that she heard Satan better than she did God Almighty. And I want to say this, don't be puffed up and don't be, don't, be, don't, don't, don't be audacious in your attitude because the reality of it is, is this, if we'll look at this in context, you'll find out there's a lot of things that, that we just get comfortable with. We expect it to be that way. I mean, everybody loves the water until the well dries up. Then we get concerned. Where was the concern before the well got dry? We were living in comfort. Comfort. 
And I'm not, and I'm not trying to embarrass. When sis testifies, she says, I just wish they had what I had. Amen. You know, any saved child of God ought to feel that way. I look back on my life up until I was 15 years old. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that. And then at 15, God saved me, flipped my life upside down, and I didn't even under, and listen, I wasn't even raised in a Christian home. I didn't understand. If you'd asked me where John was, I said, I don't even know John. I didn't know there was a book in the Bible named John. That's how ignorant I was. Some of you know nothing about that. You, you've grew up with a praying mama and a praying daddy and, and, and maybe uh, being, being uh, exposed to a preaching church. That puts you even more in a position of learning how to listen and not hear. We see Satan's intention. Number two, look what the Bible said. The Bible said this, number two, but I've prayed for thee. That thy faith fell not. Can I say something? In view of what was coming into Peter's life, can I make a statement right here? Jesus knew it, but he didn't stop it. See, some, I'm going to try to be general here, but I really feel like it's present tonight. I know people that get mad at God because he didn't keep some things from happening. Well, can I? I've given my life to you. I'm serving you. I'm faithful. I, I, I tithe. I even give extra. I support missions. I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this, I do this. And God, why didn't you keep this thing out of my life? Can I say this? He knew it was coming, but he didn't stop it. But he said, I'm going to do what will sustain you. But can I say this? Peter listened, but he didn't hear. We're coming to a place in the day in which we live that we'll regard the words of the adversary more than we will the words of the advocate. We see Satan's, we see Satan's intentions, but Satan, we see the Savior's intervention. Jesus surveyed the whole situation and said the greatest thing that one man can do for another man is pray for him. Can I tell you something? When I, when I pull up to a, I, and I did it, I'll, I'll probably do it again. I did it, I've already done it once today. I'll do it again today. When I pull up to a gas pump, I can lay my hands. I can pray. I can anoint with oil. I can do everything I want to, but it's still going to take money right. to get fuel in my vehicle. But can I tell you something? If I had to weigh in the balance and decide what I would rather have from God's people, finances or prayer, yes. I'll pick prayer every time. I ain't been ugly because I've come to realize that prayer can produce finances from very obscure places. You say, preach what are you saying? Jesus said the best thing I can do for him is pray for him. Now let's be honest. Satan himself desires to sift him. Doesn't it in our reasoning seem a little undercommitted to just pray? I mean, Lord, couldn't you run out there and uh, couldn't you run out there and put your foot on his throat and stand on top of him and and well, couldn't you just speak the word and tell him to go back to go back to the pit and stay there? In our mindset and our evaluation, it almost looks like he's acted insufficiently. Now, I know I'm saying some things that some of you've thought, but you probably wouldn't say. Well, Lord, I'm telling you, this situation right here—if you if you'd have just done a little more here. 
Well, God, if you'd, have, man, if you'd have worked it this way and this way and this way, God. But see, that wouldn't have been God's way. That would have been our way. Jesus secondly looks at him, and we see the Savior's intervention. Number three, we see verse number 33. The Bible said this, and he said unto him. Now, here's Simon's response. The Lord's been talking, speaking, and here's Simon's response. Lord, he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready. Now, Jesus Christ has just looked this man face to face, privately, pulled him apart, private conversation. Satan's desire to have you may sit you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. Simon's response to that is this, Lord, I'm ready. Can I say this? I've met a lot of people who thought they were ready. Yet only to find out they weren't. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. We see not only Satan's intention and the Savior's intervention, but thirdly, we see Simon's ignorance. Can I make this statement right here? Simon listened but he didn't hear. I'm going to make this statement tonight. You better caution yourself that you don't become a good listener and a bad hearer. I wonder, was it maybe because of familiarity with Christ that he didn't take with intensity the words that he was saying? How many times had he heard Jesus look at people and pull people aside and say things and speak? And how many, I, maybe it was, I don't, I don't know. But I know this. If you look at verse number 33, he had no regard for what Jesus has just said in two verses. Now, I would love to say that if I'd been in this situation, if Jesus had just said, Simon, Satan's, uh, uh, let me just say, if he'd have said, Stacy, Stacy. Satan's desire, Satan hath desired to have you that may sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not, without converted strength, my brother. I would want to say that. I, I, I would want to say, man, Lord, thank you so much. God, thank you for taking care of me when I didn't even know what was happening. Can I? Simon had no understanding about what's brewing in the wind. Can I say it that way? Sometimes this man of God will come to the pulpit and he'll preach a message and it's not necessarily something you need right now. It's not something that you need because of a situation that's done happen. But God will send a word prior to what's fixing to take place. Jesus came prior to the sifting. He came prior to the temptation. He came prior to the failure. Say, hey, I'm there for you. I've interceded for you. I'm in your behalf. But Simon said, Lord, I'm ready. It's the same thing God's people do. When you listen to the message of the man of God and think, man, I hope whoever that was for got it. And let's just be real transparent right here. We've all done it. As a young preacher, I used to be so critical, especially when I was in a, in a, in a bigger meeting when they'd have lots of preachers. And I mean, you'd have a message on praise, another message on praise, another message on adoration. Then all of a sudden, some crackerjack get up and say, turn to Luke 16. As a young preacher, I'd be so critical. I think, Lord God, here we go. 25 minutes on hell. If anybody in this room is going to be honest, it needs to be the man who's preaching. Lord, a message on hell right in the middle of all this praise and worship and all that kind of stuff. 
And I mean, here we go. We'll click on. And, and I mean, 20 minutes, 25 minutes on hell. And, and uh, the pastor will get up and say, well, I tell you what, moderator, I tell you what, I think after a message like that, we need at least giving it, we need to at least give an invitation. Yeah. Even almost to the point of like, well, well, here that was. We need to at least acknowledge it. You can get a consensus. Everybody in the building thinks, man, what, how crazy was that? Until some little broken-hearted sinner comes walking down an aisle and gets born again right in the midst of all that other stuff. You say, what happened? Well, that day they quit listening and they started hearing. Lord, I'm ready. Pastor, you understand what I'm fixing to say when I say this. Have you ever met those people who want to do big things? And they, you can't even get them to be faithful to church. You, you can't even get them to be faithful to, to attend and come. And, and man, they, they want to go on visitation and win 30 souls to Christ, uh, but you can't even get them to come to Wednesday night or Sunday night. Or... Yeah, right. Amen. Yes. Can I make this statement? If you're not going to serve God in the little things, you won't serve him in the big things. Can I take it a step further? If you won't serve him in the shadows, you won't serve him in the spotlight. If all you want is a spotlight, you need to go back to the shadows. That's right. yes. The danger of listening and not hearing. Fourth thing, I'm done. I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny. Thou knowest me. We see Satan's in, in, intention. We see the Savior's intervention. We see Simon's ignorance. And then lastly, we see a very shameful interpretation. He said, no, Peter, you've got it wrong. You've listened, but you haven't heard Can I say this, church, and I want, to, I want to say this with all that's in me. As far as I'm concerned, one of the finest churches right here I'm standing in tonight on the face of the earth. It's not because you got a great congregation. It's not because you got a great pastor. And I can say that and not even worry about him getting mad. But it's because you realize you have a great God. I never, it never fails when I come to this place. My wife and I have had this conversation. I come to this place... God's name's going to always be exalted. His name's going to always be praised. There's going to always be an emphasis on the preaching of the Word of God. There's going to always be time allotted to prayer. That's what makes this a great church. Because it's a church that realizes you have a great God that's willing to use distorted, messed up, Individuals that God has, by His grace, put back together like a puzzle and made something. As the old songwriter said, uh, over and over, He molds me and makes me. But here's the shameful interpretation is this. Simon, you've, you've listened, but you've not heard. I want to say this. It may be that days gone past, your man of God's mounted this pulpit and preached and preached and preached and preached. You've listened. You said amen. You've been thankful that it was a God-honoring biblical message. But my question would be this tonight. Have you just listened or have you heard? I'll be honest with you. I believe the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and He, and he puts it to action in our lives. Then there's one or two things that takes place. We either respond or we reject. 
man of God comes to this pulpit, he preaches, and he says, this is what you need to do. This is what God said. This is what he shows you. Takes you through the Bible, walks you page by page, line upon line, precept on precept. Then you've got to make a choice. Could it be that tonight somebody is sitting here realizing that, hey, I've been a listener, but I've not been a hearer. And I want to say this. If we look at Simon's example only, and I could take you to others. I'm not going to. I'm done. If we could look at Simon's example only. There's a high price to pay for listening, but not hearing. Let me say this, and I'm done. I wonder, have we come to the house of God, and we've got so used to listening to the prayers that we don't hear the prayers? (laughs) I wonder if it's come, Brother Sam, I wonder if we've come to the place here at the house of God where we listen to the praise but we don't hear the praise and let me just go ahead and say that, and I'm telling you, sitting right back there God spoke to me about this right here I wonder if it's when we come to the house of God that we've got in the place where we listen to the pain but we don't hear the pain Can I say something? If there's anybody that knows this congregation, it'll be this congregation. And some of you know there's people in this room tonight in pain. I'm not talking physical pain. And there may be somebody like that. But I I couldn't help but think about what it must have been like the day that Paul penned these words. Said, you know, I've got this thorn. And he said, you know, I've besought the Lord in 2 Corinthians it is. He said, besought the Lord thrice that he'd take away. He said, but he ain't. And see, sometimes we get so captivated with the reality of that it's great, the sufficiency of the grace of God, that we stop to realize that just because God's grace was sufficient, the pain didn't dissipate and go away. Can I say something? I, I, I have learned from experience. A man may look very structured outwardly and can inwardly be in a lot of pain. Can I say something, child of God? God help us to have that spirit of discernment that whenever the people that we sit on the pews with, service after service, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday, week after week, that we've got enough when they're in pain that we just don't listen but we're here. I'm done. I want to plead with you, preacher, you come. I want to plead with you tonight. And I want to say this. If you're here, maybe you, you say, preacher, I, God's been speaking to my heart, but I've just been listening, I've not been hearing. You might need to get in this altar, first of all, and say, God, forgive me for that. And then you might need to act upon what the Spirit of God has told you to do. I'm I'm convinced. I I, I don't say that. I'm not trying to be no uh, one of these modern day preachers. I'm not trying to be none of them. I'm not trying to be a parsley and tell you this or a a hen and say, no, no. But I'm telling you, I'm I'm not missed it tonight. Some of you teenagers and young people, you better not take for granted what you've got. 
You'll be like that little crowd that sister was testifying about. Are you listening but not hearing? Can I say something, Brother Goldsmith? It's a brazen attitude to hear Christ warn and then witness of his intervention and then to look at him and say, can I, can I, I'm just going, this is my perception of verse number 33. Lord, you've got it wrong. I'm ready. Jesus just spent two verses saying you're not ready and he refutes him. He refutes him. Sometimes you and I will sit on the pews of a solid, Bible-believing, fundamental, Scripture-based Baptist church and we'll look at the man of God and say, oh, that's not me. I got my King James Bible. I got my membership. I've got these years of this, this year. And we'll not listen. We'll not hear. We're listening. We're not hearing. I won't say this tonight. I plead with you. I plead. And I know I pre you preach something like this, everybody's afraid to go to the altar. But I'm telling you what I'd do. I'd refuse to let the devil keep me defeated any longer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, stand to your feet. Father, I